Hey, welcome back to Tiger Talk tonight. Thanks for joining us again on this Wednesday night after a week off. Back at it tonight, and we'll be with you uh, throughout the remainder of the season now, whenever that may be, in uh, mid or early to mid-March as the Nevada Tigers are back at it. They got things back underway on a successful note back on Monday with a 69-49 win over the Clinton Cardinals. A, a nice win in more ways than one, which we'll talk about here in just a little bit. And uh, with Tiger head coach Sean Gray. And Sean, first of all, how the holidays? And uh, I'm sure you enjoyed it with the youngsters at home, right? We did, Mike. They were good. Uh, Jackson and Hudson are at the age where Christmas is really, really fun for them. So Michelle and I really, really enjoyed and just tried to soak all that in as much as possible. And then, uh, you know, took took four or five days off. And then other than that, we were in the gym every day. So uh, it was it was a nice nice break, nice to recharge the batteries a little bit. Well, we talked about it before Christmas, of course, uh, going into the break. And then uh, let's kind of follow up and uh, see if things kind of went according to plan when you came back after Christmas and what your plan was to, to work on and uh, how'd that go? It was good, Mike. Our our group was hungry, I think, to get better. Man, we, we were so close two or three times to some wins against some quality opponents um, in the month of December. and I, I think this just being so close and tasting – uh, what those close losses felt like um, really spurred us uh, over those practices. And our guys took to heart, you know, being better from the free throw line, took to heart valuing the basketball, running sharper offense, um, ending defensive possessions with one and done. The things that we knew were, were getting us beat that we could improve on, uh, we really saw a good mental and physical effort over the break to improve in those areas. Well, you did do that. And we talked on the last program before Christmas, even though it was a loss, uh, played a very good Heritage High School team out of Rogers, Arkansas, down at Webb City at the shootout, and, or the four-state challenge, I should say. And it took them to overtime. It did take a loss. But had, did, that, did that game, just the way it went, kind of spur a little confidence in your team? Oh, it, it it absolutely did, Mike, and that was probably our best four quarters of basketball um, up until that point, and that was another thing that we had talked about was playing to our best potential for four full quarters, and uh, finally doing that, I think these guys saw, you know, we can we can be a lot better than we've been, and, and we can compete with a lot of pretty good teams, and uh uh, that that confidence was good for us going into the break. And this was a same Heritage team that just a few days later beat Webb City down in Rogers, Arkansas, and we, and we know how talented Webb City is. Yeah, I mean, the, our guys knew that was a quality opponent. I mean, they're as big a high school as they come and uh, have a lot of athletes, and we were really, really proud of that effort going into the break. Well, it seems to have springboarded into, into the game on Monday night when he took on the Clinton Cardinals. So granted, Cardinals are not kind of not the caliber of a Webb City or Heritage High School, but they did come in with three wins on the season under uh, a new head coach, and uh, you came right out and pick up a 69-49 victory to get win number one on the season. Um, well, first of all, before we talk about the game itself, uh, did it feel like a weight off, off the shoulder of the team uh, and yourself uh, to get win number one? I, just maybe a sigh of relief to finally just get that out of the way, especially since we had been so close before. And also going in, knowing that we traditionally have had a lot of success against Clinton. Um, we play typically play them in early January. We have always come off a pretty rigorous December schedule that has really prepared us. They play a lot of their smaller school schedule mm -hmm. in December. Uh, so we really felt like it was a good opportunity for us. And uh, it was nice afterwards to just, just kind of sit back and, and, and look at a job well done. Yeah, you have had success. You won 15 out of the last 16 meetings now against uh, against the Cardinals, including that 20-point win on Monday. And you, you seem to be prepared to come right out and attack at the beginning of the ballgame. Came right out in full-court pressure defense, and uh, that seemed to kind of set the tone for the entire ballgame. 
We had a lot of success a year ago turning Clinton over, um, not allowing them a lot of uh, a lot of time to just assess and, and run patterned offense. And you know, we felt like if we could make, especially make someone other than the Jackson kid handle the ball for them, uh, that we could maybe speed them up and turn them over a little bit, which which we were able to do. Our guys played really hard. You could tell we hadn't played in a couple of weeks because I thought there in the second quarter we ran out of steam just a little bit. Our 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 conditioning you can run as much as you want in practice nothing simulates that that live game action but uh, all in all really really asserted ourselves early uh, that we were going to be in charge of the pace of play well you still had 30, uh, 36 points in the first half uh, you went into the game averaging like 42 or 43 and then you had 36 in the first half 18 and 18 versus second quarter maybe been run out of gas but you're still consistent offensively we were and this is a group that on a given night with the quickness of some of our guards and the scrappiness of our group, it's going to serve us well to, to pressure teams and try to muck things up and, and, and whatnot. But then there's going to be other nights when, when we're playing the Rapex of the world, maybe when we're playing the Francis Howes of the world, that that pace of play might not suit us because if it becomes a track meet, they're going to run faster, they're going to jump higher, and they're going to be skilled enough not to let that bother them. So there have been some nights where our offensive production has been low, and that's maybe been by design because we know we need to win a game uh, in the 40s. Um, Clinton, that was a game where, where we thought speeding the game up was to our benefit, and uh, it turned out that turned out to be the case. So there's some good individual performances. Uh, three players in double figures. Uh, your 6'2 freshman, Leo Gaiman, obviously career high for him, 19 points. Uh, coming off the bench, 17 of those in the second half, and uh, got it down at the free throw line, which not necessarily for him, but the, the free throw lines has certainly been a trouble spot for the Tigers in general. It was nice to see our guys overall shoot the ball well from the line. Leo's one of our best free throw shooters in practice, and it's no mystery. He's also probably the guy that, at least when I'm in the gym, that I see spending the most time practicing that free throw shot. So um, it's one of those things, the more you practice, the better you get. He spent a lot of time practicing it, and it was good to see him convert from the line for us. And he also finished around the basket for us well when Clinton was trying to speed us up and, and, and make us play full court. Cade B. Shore ends up with 17 in the game. Good to see him get back uh, well into double digits and uh, had a, a desperation three at the end of the first quarter. You can talk about that because it wasn't the way it was drawn up. Uh, and then hits another buzzer beater at the end of the third quarter as well. And uh, he was certainly prolific for you offensively on third, on Monday night, rather. He was. He's probably been our best three-point shooter to this point. And he's made a couple big big shots for us in, in big situations. And then anytime the clock's winding down, sometimes you have to take a shot that you wouldn't normally take in the normal flow of the offense. And uh, Kate's got a good mental clock, knows when that shot needs to go up. And uh, some guys are just good at throwing them in sometimes. And he had a couple of those for us that were fun to see on Monday. And you told me on post game that uh, you really surprised that Evan uh, Ray threw the ball back out. And I, and I went back and watched the game on the Venmo TV. I saw you talking to him after the end of the quarter. So, and obviously we can joke about it out because the shot was made. But what was your message to Evan? Just – don't pass the ball just for the sake of passing it. I mean, Evan's pretty good at slicing to the basket and attack until someone stops you. And a lot of times in those late clock situations like that, you're going to draw a foul. Or if you don't draw the foul, you're going to draw two defenders. And when you do draw two defenders, 
then that's the time to pass it and you can find someone in rhythm a little bit. Cade was not in rhythm and was not spotted <laughs> up by any means, but uh, Cade was ready and uh, and luckily knocked that down for us. Yeah, and I didn't point out that Devin, when he passed the ball, was actually on the high elbow about 15 feet out and yeah. ended up making a 35-footer <laughs> yeah. buzzer. So that's uh, that's why we can chuckle about that now. But uh, And then Bryce Budd, 15 points in the ball game again. Here's a guy we talked about again on postgame on Monday. Went through some obvious growing pains early in the season, but uh, confidence just continues to grow. Yeah, Bryce is a really hard worker. He he plays with a really high motor. And anytime you go from playing a, a lot of lower-level basketball to all of a sudden getting your very first taste of varsity basketball, and not just his first taste, he's being asked to start and play big minutes for us. So I think in a normal year, Mike, where, where depth was different, he wouldn't have been asked to do so much so early. He was, and he did have those growing pains, but he did not waver in his – mentality or his approach uh just wanted to continue to get better and better learned some lessons kept working hard at it and i'd say two of his last three games have been his two best games of the season so uh, that's been really good to see and it's been a big reason why we've been more successful and you have guys of course who have contributed not necessarily in the scoring column but uh doing some of the other grunt work that has to be done you know uh, jeremiah collins owen swearingen and others out there yeah i think owen leads us in block shots and deflections jeremiah leads us in rebounding um, all of our guys are really just finding a way to do something that helps the team. Jeremiah and Leo are the two guys that lead us in charges drawn. So uh, there's a lot of ways to impact a basketball game, and, and all of our guys are, are trying to just make as many positive impacts as they can. Well, I mentioned it was a big win in more ways than one because uh, obviously uh, Clinton, also a district opponent in, in Class 4, District 13, uh, so you always want to get those head-to-head wins. and. I, you know, the glance that I look, there's not a lot of Sterling records right now in that district. Uh, there's most teams are under 500. So if you can get these nice head to head wins, and uh, obviously, you know, who knows what happens when we get towards the end of February. Right. So not only do we beat Clinton, but we also leave an impression on them when the seating meeting comes that they can, you never know with records. And then whenever you look at the fact that a Clinton and a Knob Noster and, and, and maybe a Pleasant Hill, they're not going to play the same schedule that we play. Um, but if we can make a good impression when we play Clinton and Pleasant Hill, um, that can speak not only for people voting, but when those coaches themselves are voting, uh, hopefully that can help us on the seed line. Because when you go to postseason play, you've got to play well to win games regardless. But anytime you can position yourself and give yourself a little better chance to advance, uh, you feel good about that. And uh, that was the first step. And uh, hopefully we can play well in February when we uh, go up to Pleasant Hill. I should know this, but I'm trying to think off the top of my head. I know we still have to play Pleasant Hill yet. That game got rescheduled from earlier in the year. Do we have any other teams in the district that we're playing head-to-head? I don't believe so. We're Bar- all playing Harrisonville. In the Harrisonville, season. Barstow. Um, Nob Noster, and then uh, Clinton P. Hill. And I, yeah. I think that's the six, yeah. just, just off the top There's of my head. There's only six teams, that's yep. right. Yeah, seven on the girls' side with Notre Dame Day on. So, uh, but anyway, nice win, 59-49. Uh, the Veda gets the 20-point victory against the uh, Clinton Cardinals. Anything else uh, stand out in that game that we didn't mention? It was uh, good to see a, a nice student section there, Mike. Uh, no no classes, no, no <laughs> school. Um, I wasn't there to remind them to, to show up to the game. Uh, a lot of a lot of. A lot of our student bodies showed up, and we really appreciate that. Absolutely. Well, we move on as now you're on the road for the next few days until next Tuesday, and we'll get to that here in a second, but on the road the next three days for the Comiskey Classic at Joplin High School. That gets underway tomorrow. You might remember this uh, tournament was scaled back last year. The uh, uh, St. Louis schools, the, the out-of-state school, outside schools, I guess you could say, were not able to make the trip because of the COVID protocols, especially those in the St. Louis area. So uh, back to a, a full A-team tournament uh, this year. They did have to scramble, make one 
change. Uh, St. Louis University High uh, had to uh, had to bail because of a COVID issue. Uh, yesterday, they get Poplar Bluff uh, to come in, and uh, they'll play Webb City uh, tomorrow night in the uh, 6.30. Actually, I'd say the late game is the late game because it's the last one, even though it starts at 6.30. A different schedule. We'll talk about that here in a second. But we've been in the Comiskey Classic for the uh, for the last few years. Uh, obviously, a fantastic facility there at Joplin High School. What's the, you know, and what's the allure for you to, to play in this tournament, uh, obviously with a quality field and uh, uh, very nice, uh, nice facilities? Yeah, so there's a, several different reasons we got into this. Um, gosh, I'm trying to think now. This may be our fifth year in yeah. it, fourth or fifth year in it. Uh, Clay Gaiman's senior year was our Short first. Shortly after Joplin High School was built. Anyway. Yep, yep. Uh, Clay Gaiman's senior year was our first year in it. And it was just, we were at a position where, we really wanted to strengthen our schedule a little bit, and we'd been at the Clinton tournament, which had been good to us and was a great tournament. We we had no reason to want to get out of that other than the fact there had been a couple of years where we'd won several games by pretty wide margins up there. And going into conference play, we really wanted to, to toughen up our schedule. Well, you really do get that here. I mean, you get large class schools from the St. Louis, Kansas City, Jefferson City area, not to mention the Joplins and Web Cities of the world that, that are always very, very good. So – it's been good to us. I think we've won two out of three games every year. One year mm-hmm. maybe due to weather we didn't play a third game. But it's been really good for us. The facilities are great. Joplin Athletic Director uh, Matt Hyatt uh, was actually who I student taught under uh, whenever I was in college Ooh. at Pittsburgh State. He was the boys basketball coach at Northeast Arma High School. Student taught under him. So there was a relationship there as well. And the facilities are nice. Uh, good hospitality room. <laughs> uh, they you know, give the players and coaches shirts and pullovers. And uh, it's just it's, it's not a bad drive, you know, right down 43 Highway, and uh, our fans, I think, also enjoy it. So a lot of good reasons to go down, and we're looking forward to another good tournament and uh, another chance to really uh, really test ourselves against high-level athletes. When the, uh, we were talking, when the bracket first came out, you were going to be playing William Crispin, who you actually had played a year ago in that tournament, and uh, would see the Bears again. But uh, later that day, there was a change made. I, I didn't get – I wasn't made aware of it until you pointed out a couple of days ago. But now you're going to be playing Francis Howell, the Vikings out of St. Charles up in the St. Louis area. Actually won the tournament when it was a full field last time, two years ago. Uh, so obviously cast of characters are going to change. But uh, So let's, let's tear into Francis Howell. Tell us about the Vikings. A really athletic team, Mike. Like you said, they won this tournament two years ago. The last time that I saw them in person, they were really, really big, 6'8", 6'6", 6'5", across the board. This year's version of the Vikings is still pretty athletic and pretty big, but they get a lot more done with their guard play now. Um, Gabe James is a 6'1", guard, really athletic, really quick. He can hurt you from the perimeter. He's shooting 40% uh, from three on the year. And then their other guard, Lomax, number two, He's shooting 46% from the three-point line. And uh, those two guys are quick. They can shoot it. Uh, we'll have to limit their – we can't let those guys get hot and get in a situation where they're really feeling it or they can put up points in a hurry. And then a little bit of an undersized forward for them, uh, number 11, Booker Simmons. He was just made the MICDS all-tournament team, a, a big tournament that Francis Howe took third place in. Uh, he averages about 13 points a game, and he's just a, a – physical athlete that scores well around the basket. So three really, really nice players, and then a lot of really good athletes to go around them. They've got another 6'4 forward uh, that rebounds the ball well. They've, they've got a 6'7 and a 6'5 kid that come off the bench that are good athletes. So we're going to have to slow them down. They want to play really fast. Uh, they they want to make it an athletic contest. And um, if it's played at their pace and if, if it is is made to be a purely an athletic contest, that's something they'll really have the advantage in. So 
we're going to look to to slow it down again. And, and and while it was nice winning a game, scoring sixty some points against Clinton, I don't think that the first team to sixty is a strategy that's going to suit us well against mm-hmm. Francis Howe. It'll need to be a, a more slowed down, deliberate game against the Vikings. You've been uh, able to go a little deeper in rotation here lately with the emergence of some players coming off the bench, and uh, so does has that giving you, especially in a game like this uh, against a team that's obviously going to have some depth, does that give you a little more luxury with the with your rotation? It does, and you know, there's no JV game before this, anything like that. You know, our our full gamut of the varsity roster will will all be available for for all four quarters and. There's been some guys, you know, we talked about Bryce's learning curve and, and how he's gotten better quickly. Jack Cheney's a guard that comes to mind as a freshman who, again, in a normal year, depth-wise, wouldn't be asked to play, but he's been asked to give us some minutes here and there, and he's been another guy that I think has really learned and grown over this this first stretch that I think, if called upon, uh, is a guy who his role could also expand. And uh, yeah, you never know what could happen in a tournament due to foul trouble. So we may very well have to go deeper into our bench. Tomorrow's schedule, a little bit different uh, tournament schedule than what you would normally see, and Joplin does this for a reason. But uh, first game is at 2 o'clock tomorrow, and Joplin takes on Jefferson City. That's a game that Nevada will be interested in because they're in that side of the bracket. And then Nevada against Francis Howe at 3.30, Carl Junction and William Crispin at 5, and then it's wrapped up at 6.30 by Webb City against Poplar Bluff. And uh, the team that just got in this tournament a couple do it a day or two ago. Actually, yesterday, I guess they agreed uh, to make the trip over for three days to Joplin. So, interesting afternoon. If you want to make the trip down, we certainly encourage you for the 3.30 game tomorrow. Um, uh, we'll let you know ahead of time that uh, the first game at 2 o'clock, we'll have about 2,300 elementary kids in there screaming their screaming their hearts out for the Joplin Eagles tomorrow afternoon. So, uh, that's going to be an interesting environment while we're doing setup. But uh, that Joplin-Jeff City game tomorrow, again, it is a 2 o'clock start. Going to be a little bit different lighting in there than usual in that gym. But, and then 2,300 elementary kids, uh, and I know they do this for the girls' tournament as well, but uh, that should be an interesting atmosphere when we walk in there tomorrow. It should be really fun, Mike. Frontenac has started also doing that at their tournament. Mm-hmm. Yes, and, that's right. Yes. And so uh, Frontenac, actually, they have they they take a break after that game, and so the, the rest of the tournament kind of goes as normal. But uh, we're going to go down early and watch, so <laughs> our guys will be there to watch Jeff City and Joplin play. And uh, – uh, they'll get to see all those fans. It should be fun, and uh, hopefully, there's a few few extra seats. If any of our fans want to come down early, they can squeeze yeah. in there as well. Yeah, you may have to you may have to hide on the walking track for a little while above <laughs> yeah. the seats until they clear out. But uh, and they they head for the school buses. But uh, you saw Joplin, obviously uh, didn't play them, but you saw them at the car at this tournament uh, just after Thanksgiving. Jeff City, obviously a team we wouldn't see other than a tournament like this. So uh, Joplin, we know, and you're going to play one of those two teams. So we obviously know about the Wright brothers at Joplin. What about Jeff City uh, uh, again? This is a team that uh, a program has been in this tournament for several years. So, uh, what do you know about the about the Jeff City Jays? Yeah, so they're a, a team on the rise. Uh, a couple years ago, uh, when they were here, um, they were in a little bit of rebuilding mode. Uh, we we've played them once since we've been in this mm-hmm. tournament. We, we were able to get a, get a win against them then. But I, they're pretty athletic. They've got a couple guards that, that are that are skilled. Uh, they're they've got a winning record. Uh, they lost an overtime game to William Christman in a tournament earlier in the year. So. I think that will be a really good game. Uh, I think playing at home uh, with that energy and that crowd will maybe give Joplin just a little bit of an advantage. But uh, that should be a good game against two high-quality teams. And whichever team we draw, whichever side of the bracket we end up on, uh, it'll be another tough task on Thursday. Uh, again, excuse me, on Friday. Uh, yeah, it'll be either at 4.30 on Friday or 7.30 on Friday. And then all four games for the final day are played on Saturday. 
beginning at 11 a.m. If you've never been to the Comiskey Classic, I would highly recommend you make the trip down, if not all three days, at least one of those days, uh, to just get the experience. If you've never been in that facility, you really need to go because it's it's fantastic. But at any rate, let's uh, talk about what else is ahead. And the only other game we have to talk about is uh, a small rivalry game uh, next Tuesday night when the Lamar Tigers come in for the uh, Girl Boy doubleheader. And uh, Lamar uh, coming in, we, we know about their athletes uh, on the football field. How does that translate over to the basketball court this year? They return almost everyone from last year's team, Mike. They they graduated a good player in Case Tucker, who was a really good athlete for them, but he was just one of the pieces to the puzzle for them a year ago. Uh, they not only return four of the five starters, but they return like you know everybody else. Mm-hmm. So they, they he had about an eight or nine man rotation a year ago. Returns all those guys other than Tucker. So uh, Gastel. Uh, mm-hmm. six four, six five guy that's played a lot of guard for them in the past. He's gotten bigger and stronger. He's not just long and lanky anymore. He's he's more physical as a senior. He can score it around the basket. Connor Schaff, one of the best three point shooters in the area. Uh the B Shore kid who we saw his quickness and mm-hmm. athleticism at quarterback for them. That same type of driver, uh, who's also a good shooter. Trace Wilhite, really high level athlete. Gunner Dillon, a good player for them. Uh They've got a lot of nice pieces, Mike. And um, one thing that we hope helps us is the toughness of our schedule up until this point. Uh, I know Lamar's played some smaller schools coming into this. They did play in the Neosho Holiday Tournament, mm-hmm. which I think was probably probably good for them as well. But it's a game our guys are going to be ready for. They're going. They've played against these guys dating back to you know third grade third grade travel team ball. So going to be really familiar uh, familiar with these guys on and off the court. Um, if you don't get up and aren't ready to play hard for this one. I, I can't imagine one you'd be ready to play hard for. So uh, it should be a really fun game and uh, has big conference implications in the Big 8 West and uh, one that I think both teams will be well prepared for one another. The atmosphere should be really, really good, and uh, it's a fun one that we're looking forward to. That's what I was going to say. We know the atmosphere won't be a problem. It was uh, absolutely electric down there a year ago and uh, with a, a big ball game. Of course, knowing how well Nevada was playing, they had their athletes, and it was uh, it was a chaotic night down at Lamar High School. And uh, both student sections, I'm sure, will be full uh, next Tuesday at Wynn Gymnasium. It is girls and boys basketball against Lamar next Tuesday. Well, since you are getting ready to start Big 8 West play, it's a good time to – now there are some sample sizes out there with all seven teams um at least before you get started in the conference play how do you see things at this point who are the who are the comers and goers right now yeah so i think you know east newton and nevada we've been the two teams that have set the tone and on this side for the last few years and both of us graduated a lot from last year's team i still feel like both ourselves and east newton are good enough Uh, we've got kids that play the game the right way. We've got kids that are hard-nosed that can compete with the teams that, that have the most athletes returning. And you look at who has the most athletes returning, Lamar and McDonald County. They they both return almost all of last year's squads. They return a lot of, a lot of good players. So those two teams, they met in the uh, holiday tournament in the Osho. McDonald County got that one. That one has no effect on the conference standings, so to speak. But I think those are the two teams probably with the the highest hope, so to speak, for themselves based on what they return. Um, But I wouldn't count us out. I would not count the Patriots out, uh, given their tradition as well. And then Monette has been really up and down. Monette's had some nights where they've scored a lot of points, and they've had some nights where they struggled a little bit. But uh, they could sneak up and and get some people as well. But I'd say those are the four or five teams 
uh, vying for that top spot right now. Well, we're ready to get into it. Different part of the schedule. That'll start next week after tournament play, and then uh, Nevada will be involved with that for a little bit and then get ready for another tournament in Frontenac. We'll cover that one in a couple of weeks. But uh, we wish you the best of luck at uh, Joplin the next three days. Look forward to getting down there, and uh, we'll see you there tomorrow afternoon. We're excited for it. Looking forward to seeing you down there, Mike. Thanks. Nevada Tiger Head Coach Sean Gray. We come back. It's wrestling on the agenda. Derek Campbell talks with head wrestling coach Forrest Drury. That's after this timeout on Tiger Talk. 